on this episode of Why Watch That. So the doctor's like, Rosa, can you watch him? Can you take care of him? No. <laughs> Rosa's like, no, I don't want anything to do with him. There's something that happened before she formally meets him. And she's like, not him. Fat man's coming. No, just just fat man. <laughs> I even reviewed this without laughing. That's <laughs> she talks like this whenever she's in, exactly. you know, a movie from the United States. Somebody would turn in their mama for that money. I think even today. <laughs> so it's not like Teen Wolf. That they're not turning into wolves. Yeah, okay, it's, yeah it's not a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> wolf. 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 <laughs> if two of our most beloved characters shared a world. Mm. Ooh. Yeah, shared now, a family. Well, yeah, I was going to let you reveal that. Why Watch That as a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. This episode of Why Watch That is supported by Entrepreneur Meal Plan. It helps leaders and professionals feed their bodies and businesses well. You know, Critic, I got Mm. a chance to attend a wonderful event by EMP here Uh in Los Angeles. And it was so amazing because Brandy Cochran was able to gather people from all sorts of walks of life. We were able to gather together, have real talk and some real good food too. Mm -hmm. It was a hit. It's food for the soul and the body, which is so hard to find. So if you want to learn more about Entrepreneur Meal Plan, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, go to entrepreneurmealplan.com. A why watch that sneak peek? Oh my gosh, we've got some sneak peeking. Just saying. <laughs> Hold on. We're sneaking and we're peeking. So if you don't want us to look, you better not let us sneak and peek. Uh, let's <laughs> figure out what the heck we're talking about here. We've got all movie sneak peeks and guess what? They're coming to us in various forms. So pay attention. Oh. And here we go. All right, Scar. First let's start with the life ahead no we are not talking about january 1st 2021 although we could just skip there if we'd like yeah but the life ahead is a new movie out on netflix and it's coming to us on november 13th hey here's the deal guess who's in it Mm. our favorite sophia loren now Yes, she's still alive. I'm not trying to be funny about that, but I really didn't know if she... I didn't know. She's been quiet for years. Well, it turns out that she and her son are doing some collaboration. Mm-hmm. She's starring in it, but it is um, it is directed by Eduardo Bondi. I don't... You know, you, you're the Italian master here. <laughs> and it's written by um, Ugo Shiti. Romain Gary wrote the book. It was collaborated with Fabio Natelli. And um, Eduardo is also, you know, it has his hand in the writing a little bit. I don't know this cast. That's just the honest truth. 
it's a bunch of people that I do not know specifically. But I do know Sophia Loren. Mm. So what's going on there? And give us the lowdown. Yeah. And, and look, uh, after the screening, there was a talk um, with Eduardo and Sophia, moderated by the great Isabella Rossellini. Oh, Isabella Rossellini. And Isabella was like, Sophia, please. Are you, I want to see you again. I wanna, are you going to keep working? And Sophia was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I will never, <laughs> I'm never going to stop working. So it was nice to see her back on film, but is the movie up to that? Oh. Up to a Sophia Loren standard. So Sophia Loren plays Madame Rosa. Uh, and Rosa is a former sex worker. Mm-hmm. Oh, Rosa. Prostitute. But now she takes care of the kids of prostitutes. So ah. one of the kids who knows where his mother is, another one, um, the mother leaves um, him in the care of Sophia's character while work gets conducted. Okay, so what happens is, there's a little boy, we see him at the very beginning of this movie. I think he's like 12 years old, something like that. And we see him in this apartment building. Someone sees him, he runs away and hides. Why? And his name is Momo. So Momo is, um, he's an immigrant. He's a refugee. He's come to Italy. And we see how he and Rosa connect because he is in the care because his parents are gone out of the picture. He's an orphan. He is in the care of a doctor who knows Rosa. And the doctor is like, look, I can't handle this kid because he wants to be a part of the criminal element. Oh, dear. So the doctor's like, Rosa, can you watch him? Can you take care of him? No. (laughs) Rosa's like, no, I don't want anything to do with him. And there's a particular reason why. I'll tell you that. There's something that happened before she formally meets him. And she's like, not him. Okay. But of course, we know that eventually she does take him in. But how does this work? How does he fit with the other kids she's taking care of? And so on and so forth. So what is the other part of this story is Rosa is a survivor of the Holocaust. Oh, dear goodness. So we have Momo, who survived whatever horrors he went through in coming to Italy, and Rosa, who's still dealing with her past. And there's something that spills over to her health-wise that really connects the two of them. She asks Momo to do something in particular for her if something occurs later on. So the question is, can Momo uphold this promise he makes? Is he trustworthy at all? And there are things that Rosa does to try to help Momo become, you know, an upstanding citizen. So do those things work? Uh, One thing that she does is she connects Momo with uh, a fellow Muslim. So can he impart any wisdom? So that's what's going on in this movie. And what I'll say is, as a drama, it does work. Um, <laughs> I was looking at it, Ref, going, okay. Like, you probably haven't seen Sophia Loren play this kind of character before. Her son okay. was talking about that. He was like, you know, when we were writing this, I wanted to make sure that I gave my mother opportunities to play things she hasn't played before, certain moments in different ways. So we do see that coming from her. Um, and and the the young actor they found to play Momo, first time acting, and, and they were talking about how they worked with him. They rehearsed because he, the actor, he didn't want to say some of the things to Sophia Loren. 
it was disrespectful. Oh, oh, yeah. So they got him over that. Like, so it was just nice to hear that the connection they have on screen was formed off screen as well. I yeah. do have to say that did they earn the ending? Not quite. I think that there was such a, a nice touch to it, and then it kind of gets heavy handed at the end. And I was like, mm, I didn't need to go that far with it. But overall, it's on Netflix. I think if you're interested in this, if you just want to see the great Sophia Loren again, then you can certainly spend time with the life ahead. Well, I'm glad to hear that she's not slowing. She has no plans to slow down. We just love her. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Fat Man's coming. Fat Man's coming. No, just just Fat Man. <laughs> I even review this without laughing. That's <laughs> well, when I saw it, I immediately thought of you know the uh, Ella Fitzgerald Frosty the Snowman. Fat Man's coming. Did you, and then are I realized. You looking at the poster, do you see this poster? No, and then I looked at the poster and I thought, oh, dear God, it is Batman. So, you know, there you go with that. Oh, my goodness. Um, Everybody, you have to just look up the poster. (laughs) Well, this is coming to us in select theaters on November 13th and on demand on the 17th. So no pressure. Uh, Fat Man is coming to us from brothers, I'm assuming, or father and son. Um, (laughs) Isham, Nelms, Isham and Ian are directing this and they also wrote it so there you go with that it stars fat man mel gibson um who you know i don't know if he's fat man but he certainly is playing the fat man that we all know yes um that you'll tell us about or uh, hopefully i didn't ruin it but the poster says it all uh walton um goggins is in it and he always he's, he's another one of those guys who's just sort of I go, are you going to be a good guy? Are you going to be a bad guy? I don't know. <laughs> well, he's, Mary- played, he's played one good guy, and he's played him now still. Um, so that that's it on, you okay, know, on his sitcom. Okay, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, I'm just like, ooh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Marianne Jean-Baptiste, who we love on this show, mm. uh, you know, come on. Let's yes. just give her her props she uh, hails from london although sometimes you don't know that she does so she is she well she talks like this whenever she's in exactly you know a movie from the united states yes and i love it but i didn't know she was from london until i heard her do her own and i thought dear god what you know what a good what an amazing actress along with some other people that you're going to go through um mel gibson of course i said and um what's going on here because the premise <laughs> it's rather interesting don't tick off this kid i'm just saying <laughs> don't tick off any of these people this is crazy <laughs> and you know ref when when you know the invite came out to get a screener for this i was like i've just i, I don't even think this is going to be good i just have to see it to believe it <laughs> the, po- the tagline of the post everybody is tis the season to get even i mean this <laughs> <laughs> so Mel Gibson is playing Chris Kringle. Let's just go there. Fat man. Chris Kringle. Santa Claus. Santa Claus. And he's very upset because all of the work that he's done in the world is doesn't seem to be paying off. People are terrible. You know, the, the list of people he's gonna give gifts to is dwindling. And this is a problem. He's gotta keep, you know, the <laughs> <laughs> the figurative North Pole going. Now, you'll see what that actually is when you watch the movie. His okay. wife is played by Maria Jean-Baptiste. You, I mean, oh. you, can't, you can't dream this stuff up. 
Uh, and so, you know, she cooks the cook, she bakes cookies and all of that, but she'll also be like, look, <laughs> okay, let's get it together. Uh, so, oh, dear. you know, he's very upset, but he has to keep the whole production running. He has the elves to think about. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and so on and so forth. So we find how he gets money. He does have a contract with the, <laughs> the United States government. Well, you are cracking up here. This is hilarious. It is based on delivering gifts. Ah. So fewer gifts delivered, more coal, less money. Oh. Now, there is a solution they offer, and it involves the military. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. What is happening? I don't understand. Okay. So that's one part of the story. Now, another part is there are two people who are ticked off by the fat man. Uh-oh. Okay. One of whom is played by Walton Goggins, of course. Oh, geez. Of course he is, right? He's skinny, a skinny man. man. Yes, right. And he's a hitman. <laughs> <laughs> and he is a hitman in the employ of a little rich brat. Oh, boy. And we, we are introduced to this brat at a fair. He's won this fair before. You'll see what kind of fair it is when you watch it. They don't give it away immediately. And does he win again? And if not, who has to pay? Mm. Skinny man is going to come <laughs> and get you. <laughs> I mean, this is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Now, the skinny man has a score to settle with fat man because... Oh my gosh, this is too much. Because in the past, he didn't get what he wanted as uh, a gift. Oh, so it's personal. Personal. And this little kid now in present time, doesn't get what he wants either. So he says, okay, skinny man, go get that fat man. (laughs) Oh, Lord. And he's like, and I know you want to do it anyway, because I know what's going on with you. So (laughs) is skinny man going to get fat man and kill him? (laughs) It's the season to get even. Oh, my goodness. Now, no, in the beginning of the movie, we see Chris practicing with guns, target practice. So this, you know, you better watch out if you're going up there. <laughs> but the question is, where does he live? Can Skinny Man even figure that out? Like, you don't have an address. Uh-huh. So he has to go through the postal system to figure this out. I mean, this is what's happening here. <laughs> this, this is, is like Elf happening. on Crack. It's just it, well, so, it's a lot. Or is it? Oh. Now, oh, now I'm giving you the story, but what's the execution? Ah. Uh. Now, these uh, brothers who wrote and directed this, before this, they did a serious movie. So I'm like, okay, what is going on here? And we have some serious actors here. Now, Mel Gibson of late has been doing some crazy stuff. Okay. Yeah. yeah, When I saw Walt Goggins and Mary Ann signed on, I was like, what? Oh, how did they get this to happen? (laughs) So what I'll say is they are caught between two things and I wanted them to go in either direction further. Mm. Either... It is just like a complete farce. We're we're doing, you know, some sort of satire thing, really making fun of this. Yeah. Or it's Die Hard. Okay. (laughs) Which makes it funny. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Because remember, Die Hard is a it's a holiday movie. (laughs) Yes. That's what it is. So they were kind of in the middle. Um, I watched the whole thing, and I was really not bored, but I wanted. I wanted either more humor out of it or more seriousness. Um, They were serious, but not quite enough. Now, there was a a scene at the end of the movie where Mel Gibson 
what he did is really what the movie should have done overall. Ah. He found the right balance in that moment. Marianne is his wife is just great to watch. Walton Goggins, I think Walton could have had more fun. Yeah. He's so used to playing these bad guys. <laughs> it was like watching Justified again, but you're in the oh. middle of this fat man movie. So, I mean, if if you are expecting to have laughs a minute, it's not that kind of movie. Um, oh. If you're expecting a lot of action, it's not that either. It oh. has a bit of both. It wasn't completely successful, no, but I wouldn't call it bad, actually. Um, oh. Overall, I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. Well, so, there you, if, go. If, you know, watch it if you just can't believe what you're hearing to see what it's like. It almost sounds like just don't even go to the theaters no. if you want to give it a try digitally. Great. Yeah. Dreamland, which is in select theaters also on November 13th and is coming to us, yes, on video on demand digitally on November 17th. So you don't have to venture out. Is coming to us from director Miles Jorish, a pair of feet. I don't know if that you'd even do the T at the end, but it just made me feel good to do that. Nicholas Swart wrote it, but this cast though, mm. Margie, Margie, <laughs> Margot Robbie is paired with Travis Fimmel. Now you know I can't get enough Travis. Mm. I think Travis is one of the most interesting actors out there. I mean, you certainly aren't bored when he's on screen because no. he's always doing something. But Garrett Hudlin is also joining the team along with, you know, Finn Cole and, and, a, and a ton of other people. Oh, Darby Camp um, is coming in on this. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know much about this at all. In fact, I've not seen one trailer. So you're really going to get get it, give it to us hot off the press and again this is coming to us in the theaters but question is do we really want to risk that you know knowing what we're uh, the conditions that we're in and do we just want to do it at home or do we just not at all (laughs) right yeah um and you know this ref this was at tribeca this year i was going to watch but i didn't so here's what's happening finn cole who um was in animal kingdom the tv show uh peaky blinders he plays eugene Um, Eugene is growing up and he wants to get out. He lives with his mother and his stepfather. Now, his stepfather is played by Travis Fimmel. Okay. And he's in law enforcement. Okay. So we're in Texas, period piece. That kind of thing is happening. They have dust storms, that kind of thing. Okay. Now, Travis's character, George, wants Finn Cole's character, Eugene, to be a man. It's time to grow up. It's time to be responsible. It's time to stop doing the stupid stuff you've been doing. Okay? Mm. Not in my house. Now, what happens is there is someone on the loose. Mm. A fugitive played by Margot Robbie. Her name is Allison Wells. She's accused of killing people, including a nine-year-old girl. Oh, my gosh. Now, of course, this is bank robbery, you know, Billy the Kid kind of stuff. Yeah. She ends up hiding out on their ranch, the Evans Ranch, and Eugene is the one who finds her. Now, what does he do? There is a $10,000 reward for her capture. Which is a lot of money then. Oh, it's a whole, look. I mean, yeah. Somebody would turn in their mama for that money. I think even today. (laughs) (laughs) So... What's he going to do? And what is Allison going to do to try to keep him on her side? 
Mm. That's the question. Now, he also has a young sister played by Darby um, from Big Little Lies. And her name is Phoebe. Does she find out? You know how little sisters are. Yeah. You know how they are. And what about the mother? What's she going to do? Play by Carrie Condon. Does she find out or not? So the whole thing is, Allison, you know, is going to be on the run again. But who goes with her? Who survives? What's going to happen with George, who's in law enforcement? Because, by the way, Eugene is standing out listening to, you know, the the people in law enforcement who are given this $10,000 reward. And he goes, look, I mean, is this thing real? If I right. find her, will it happen? And the guy says, we got enough people from your family working this. So, okay. Now, as a review, it's a wonderful cast. I mean, you yeah. can cast it better. Right. And that would be the only reason to watch this. Not that it's bad. It's just... It's kind of like Mudbound Ref where you want it to go oh, somewhere and it yeah. doesn't. And it's kind of like, this is fine, but it could be great. So th- this is, th- can I just say this? Here's my thing. This is what I've been thinking it, about. Say it, say it, say it, Remember everybody, when you not even in writing school, when you're in English class and they talk about rising action, climax, falling action, right. denouement. Yeah. What is going oh, on, oh, writers? Oh, oh. What is going on, writers? You've forgotten. I think, ref, that writers are really being so experimental now that yeah. they forget that that actually works. <laughs> I mean, that actually does work. You have to take us somewhere. Uh, otherwise, yeah. I'm watching actors save your script. That's what I'm watching. I mean, Travis Fimmel isn't in it a lot, but of course, when he is, he's doing his weird looks. I mean, this is what the man does. <laughs> it's just like, and to see him play someone in law enforcement, it's just, that's interesting, but we needed more. So it's not bad. It's fine. So if you want a fine experience, then there you go with Dreamland. Ah, oh, man. Well, there that is. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move on to something that we usually don't do. Honestly, we don't usually review any animation unless it's exceptional and in this case we have found an animation i'll say trilogy that is exceptional and it's called wolf walkers and you gave us your initial reaction when it was at afi this year uh the afi film festival and this is the third installment. It's an animated film, like I said, obviously. It's coming to us on Apple TV Plus um, in December around the 11th. But it's also going to come to us in the theaters on the 13th. So, you know, there you go with that. It is, again, coming to us from Tom Moore and Ross Stewart, who's directing this. Um, I don't know if they did any of the previous ones, but certainly you'll notice that Will Collins is back with the screenplay. Tom Moore and Ross Stewart are giving us the story. And, you know, you have Jessica Cleland who consulted on this. Uh, The cast is familiar if you see them, but you don't because these are animations. But Sean Bean is coming to us along with the creepy Simon McBurney. He just is so creepy, this guy. Honor um, Neefsi is playing the young... Well, you'll get into who she's playing. Uh, Maria Dole Kennedy, who we've seen a lot in uh, Across the Pond things, along with a ton of other people. I'm just scrolling through here and I'm seeing 
all kinds of people that I have enjoyed thoroughly um, from across the pond, specifically uh, Atlantic Pond, um, along with other ponds I'm sure people are hailing from. So there you have it. What is going on here? This is a this is a trilogy that you have enjoyed from the first film. And the question is, did you enjoy it through the last mm-hmm. film? Yeah. Um, so this is following The Secret of Kells and Song of the Sea, like you said, in this trilogy. It's an Irish folklore trilogy. Oh. Um, so this is the kind of thing, Ref, just to talk about it broadly, um, that I think we need more of for kids. Um, it's it's not CGI animation. It's hand-drawn. And yeah. it, there's heart to it. That's the thing. There's heart. There's magic. That kind of stuff. Um, so let's see whether this fits with all of that, where it ranks in the pecking order. So it's 17th century and we're in Ireland and a father and daughter have gone from England, I believe, uh, to Ireland because at the time they are being attacked by wolves. And the father is voiced by Sean Bean. His name is Bill. He is a wolf hunter. Yeah. His young daughter, voiced by Honor, is Robin. Uh, She's an apprentice, (laughs) right? But she's little, you know, she's a little kid. So, you know, sometimes she gets ahead of herself. Yeah. Now, he is employed by the Lord Protector, who's voiced by Simon McBurney. Of course. Yes. And this Lord Protector, I don't know that you'd want him to protect you. (laughs) Okay, don't fail. I'll put it that way. He does not take no for an answer. So they come to Ireland to do this job, but something happens with Robin. She meets another kid whose name is Maeve, voiced by Eva Whitaker. Now, Maeve has a connection with the wolves. What kind of connection? Uh Uh-oh. So when these two meet, what's that like? I'll tell you this, somebody has to save someone else. And what does that lead to? Because the name of this movie is Wolf Walkers. Right. Wolf walkers are this. They are people who turn into wolves when they go to sleep. So when you fall asleep, your body is asleep. Your spirit is inside of a wolf physically. Oh, dear. So what happens if you're transferred into the wolf? You don't you don't even know how this happened the first time. And then people are trying to kill you. You can't say, hey, I'm really a human. (laughs) You're a wolf. <laughs> so it's not like Teen Wolf. They're not turning into wolves. Yeah, okay, it's, yeah it's not a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> wolf. Wolf. <laughs> wolf. <laughs> it's not that. It is a, you are a literal wolf. So, you know, they're in the woods. They're being hunted by Sean Bean's character. All of that. Is he going to hunt the wrong person? Who are the people who are the wolf walkers? I'll I'll tell you, be very careful, Sean. Also, how do you become a wolf walker? Right. All of these questions come to fruition. So in the end, the whole thing is, what is the nature of family? Really, that's the question. What's family? Um, Also, what happens when your family's in danger? What happens when you are a parent and you are afraid? How does that affect how you're going to treat not only your kid, but also your job? 
What happens if your job is on the line? What wow. happens if you and your kids survival is on the line? What happens if you're in a town that is afraid, that is being attacked, but you know more than they do about what's going on? So there are all kinds of big themes happening within this magical kind of story. Yeah. And I'll say when it comes to the animation ref that I mentioned this when we talked about it during AFI Fest. Um, it's like colored pencils and chalk. They use the two together. Ooh. So there's a papery quality to it. Yeah. You don't really see that kind of thing. So think about a, a storybook paper, that kind of thing. Now, there is a potential tragedy early on, right? Because of Robin. So just know that. Um, and that was important though. She's disregarding her father's instructions because it grounds the story. It sets up the potential for much uh, more danger and wonder right. to come. So that's right. a nice hook. Um, so I would say the pace could be a bit tighter, especially for little kids, but it has enough uh, depth and excitement. It has a clear yet sophisticated message. And it does have girls as the main protagonist without calling unnecessary attention to it. Yeah. So it makes this film good viewing for the entire family, but I don't think that most kids will want to watch it over and over again. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I would say that Secret of Kells is probably the best of the three. It's the first one. But I think if you start there and you keep watching, that you will find that you've had an enriched experience. Excellent. That's on Apple TV Plus. So if you've already got it, it'll come to you in December. But before then, you can venture out. Not sure about taking the kids out during this time to go see it. So we'll yeah. see. Well, we've got one more. We got a chance to see a sneak peek. We meaning the critic. Why do I even try it? Um, <laughs> a sneak peek that's coming to us. Uh, not in the way that we have been talking about. We'll just say that mm. that much. And we'll, we'll get there in a second. It's a new movie called Come Away. Now, you already, you already, I can see some of the listeners going, wait a minute, did we already talk about this? Well, we gave you a snippet of Come Away because it was featured in at the Urban World Film Festival, but we didn't give it its proper, proper review. So that's what we're doing for you. Now, it's directed by Brenda Chapman and it's written by Marissa Kate Gold or Goodhill. And it's based on two beloved, beloved fairy tale. Wait, are they considered fairy tales? I'm not sure. But definitely children's stories. Alice, yeah. um, Alice in Wonderland and, of course, Peter Pan. Well, I can't say, of course. There is a twist that the critic will talk about that maybe will help us rethink these two beloved stories. Now, who's in this? Good gosh, the question is who's not? That's the real question. You've got starring Angelina Jolie, holy crap, you know, David Oyelowo, mm -hmm. Anna Chancellor, Clark Peters, Gugu Mbatha-Ra, I love that I can say her name, Ma <laughs> Michael Caine, Derek Jacoby, uh, it's just on and on. We're going on and on. on tons and of people, yeah, tons of people are in this, and it is a reimagining of what happens if two of our most beloved characters shared a world. Mm. Ooh. Yeah, shared now, a family. Shared a fit. Well, yeah, I was going to let you reveal that. But um, <laughs> there you go. Set it up. Kick it out of the park. And do we at this point, because it's not on Netflix, not on Hulu, not on HBO Max, you've got to go to the theater. Or you're going to have to pay um, video on demand. So, yeah. 
which is it going to be? Is it worth the venture? And mm. how did it fare out? Yeah. So we have a family. Mom and dad are played by Angelina and David. Rose and Jack Littleton. And Rose is from an upper crust family. Okay. Upper crust. And, and this is in England. And uh, Jack is not. Jack's family is a whole other thing. Now, Rose has a sister who married well, you know, same kind of class. And her, she's played by Anna Chancellor. Her name is Eleanor. And Eleanor comes up to this family all the time and has her own judgments about what should happen with the kids. And Rose and Eleanor, they don't see eye to eye on that. Eleanor does not appreciate that her sister married Jack. Now, why is that, is the question. Jack has problems of his own. Now, they have three young children, the oldest of whom is David, and then there's also Alice and Peter, okay? And they, the three of them, conjure up, you know, what kids do when, before they had TV. You know, you go outside, you go into the woods, you play. And they have these adventures together. And you see what those adventures are. You know, uh, like pirates and all that kind of stuff. What you would expect from Peter Pan, really. That kind of play. But one day, it comes time for David, the oldest, to go away to boarding school. And Aunt Eleanor is the one who's going to pay the ride. He's leaving behind his younger brother and sister. How do they take this? Now, David is great at school. Excellent. Peter, not so much. He's distracted. He's not really paying attention. And his father, Jack, tells him in one scene, he says, look, Peter, I know you can do this. And he shows him the proof. You'll see what that is. He's like, look, look what you did that your other siblings did not do. They weren't able to do it. I know you can do well at school. You're just not doing it. Now, there is a tragedy that occurs in his family that might change the trajectory of Peter's life and thoughts on how he should present himself to others. And because of this, it leads him into a little journey, maybe a dangerous one, into finding a solution for his family. Because remember, Jack has problems from the past, and I'm not giving that away. And this leads uh, Peter into someone called the Hatter, right? Now you're going, wait a minute, that's not Peter Pan, it's in what? Alice in Wonderland. So it's a whole mix of this, of these two worlds here. And the Hatter is played by Clark Peters. Oh my goodness. And he does live up to the name. What could he do to help Peter at all? Why is Peter there? Do Peter's parents know about this? No. Also, what about Rose? After this tragedy happens, what's her perspective on Jack? What's her perspective on her family? How does she now think about her own sister? And in the end, what does it mean to become Alice? Because in the beginning, this story is being told by Gugu and Ra's character. Why? She's telling the story to her kids. And what happens at the end of that? So what's going on with Alice? How does she grow? How does she actually enter Wonderland if there is such a thing in this movie? And what about Peter? Does he not grow up? Just as we know from, from Peter Pan? Does he meet the Lost Boys? All of these are questions. Now, what I'll say as a review is, this movie works really well when Brenda as a director is showing us 
the inner world of these kids. When they're playing, it's great. The opening sequence when they're playing, it's just transporting. You're with them, they're playing with sticks, but she'll show you the sticks and then also what they see. So the sword, the spear, they come across this abandoned boat. What does it look like in real life? What does it look like to them? When Brenda was toggling between reality and fantasy, that was the magic of this movie. When it was away from that, when it was dealing more with the family issues, it just didn't have the same spark, which I wanted it to have. If there was a way to capture the fantasy in that reality, then this movie would have been a home run. As is, it's fine. It's fine. It has its moments. It has some other moments that are okay. Like nothing here is bad. I think the performances are pretty good. Um, the kids do a, a wonderful job. Jordan Nash plays Peter. Kira Chansa plays Alice. They're wonderful kids. Wonderful to see on the screen. And wonderful, of course, when we're toggling between reality and fantasy. Uh, the adult actors all came and did their jobs. Michael Caine is in this, like you said, others. They're all here. They all do what they're supposed to do. The thing is though, when it comes to Brenda's work, keep in mind that she started, really she made a splash as a director of animated films, uh, the, the Prince of Egypt and Brave. That is the spirit that we needed to have throughout this movie. We didn't always get it. So I would say if you're thinking about taking your family to see this, because this is for families, supposedly. It is not for really little kids. It will test their patience. Also, it gets serious. Again, there's a tragedy here, and I wouldn't show that to a little kid. So the kids have to be a little older. They have to be uh, kids who will pick a book to read on their own, those kinds of kids. I think this will be fine for them. Would I uh, get the whole family together and go to the movie theater to see it? I mean, I wouldn't, but I wouldn't do that by myself. So wh who cares what I think? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have to answer that for your own. The real question for me would be, would I pay video on demand for my family to watch it? Maybe, depending on how serious my family is. That would be the question. Um, it's not perfect, it's not bad, it's somewhere in the middle. So you can make up your mind as to where you want to go. But keep in mind, it is not necessarily what you think if you go, oh, you put Alice and Wonderland and Peter Pan together. It's more grounded than that. And that's both a curse and a blessing. Well, you know, I always talk about the $15, right? So yeah. at this point, the, the question for you, family, is do you pay $15 a piece for you, dad, kids, and venture out during a very uncertain time, depending on where you are, or do you just do pay, make one payment there you go. <laughs> and sit at home and maybe do something fun like, you know, do, do some tents or forts in the, in the yeah. you know, I, who knows. Mm -hmm. um, but again, come away will come to, you know, everybody's access on video on demand on November 13th, or you can try to see it in the theaters. Well, that wraps up all the critics sneaking around. I hope he just learns to just knock instead of peeping through the peephole. How but dare you? <laughs> <laughs> thank goodness we have him peeping because I tell you what, if he doesn't peep, then, you know, we don't know what we're going to be watching. <laughs> Thanks for listening. For additional resources, 
visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea. And we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.